talking about readying your soul. Last week we talked about being prepared, being ready. We're going to look at several pretty familiar scripture passages today. Matthew 24, 42 to 44. John 16, 33. Acts 1, 8. Joshua 1, 8. And Romans 10, 9. <laughs> You're going, oh my word, we're going all over the place. So, good morning church, right? How, so how's your new year going so far now? Is it going along okay? You know, are, are you really ready for what may be ahead? Are you? <laughs> I hope so. You see, truly, the most important aspect of being ready is having a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And we don't know when he will return, but I guarantee you one day he will return. So friends, we have to take an honest assessment of our own hearts every day, every day, and, and, and our lives, and, and ask ourselves if we've really truly placed our faith, our hope, and our trust in Jesus Christ, and that saving work that he did for us on the cross. Every day, ask yourself that. Have you done that? You know, once we make this decision to follow him, we don't have to be afraid of what's out there and what's coming, that comes our way. We don't have to be afraid. That's the blessing. That's the good news, friends. That is. Let's pray together, can we? Lord, please help us to live this vigilant and ready life that we commit to fully, that we commit ourselves to every day, and then we commit ourselves to your ways and not ours. Father, help us to prosper, not necessarily financially in that, but prosper in our eternal growth, Father, through the highs and lows of, of life, that you faithfully lead us in your plan and your purpose, Lord. Father, I lift up this church that you would bring your hand upon us, that we would seek to follow you and follow the path that you've laid out for us, Father, in every way. May we be faithful to that path. And I say this in Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, I, even though we're not very many, I'm, I'm really thankful that you guys are here. I am so thankful for each and every one of you. We're going to continue today a little bit talking about how to live ready. Uh, and as we know, and we've all faced, you know, life can throw some pretty work, wicked curveballs at you, can't it? Yeah, it can. They can come our way. Not to mention, it seems like we live in this midst of continual change and chaos, it seems like. And this constant change can even cause us to question God at times, doesn't it? Or to be confused about our faith, or, or just to have doubts. You know, it's been said, and I like this, the opposite of joy the opposite of joy is not sorrow. Did you get that? The opposite of joy is not sorrow. It is unbelief. Hmm. I hope you got that. 
Ever struggled with those doubts in your faith? I'm sure a lot of us have. You know, <laughs> I read this story about a hospital. You know, a lot of you know that Sydney and I both have been in the medical field for a long time. But I read this thing about a hospital administrator who once uh, was startled to see this patient running, just fleeing down the hall from the operating room. <laughs> and hit his loose hospital gown just flapping in the wind behind him, you know. <laughs> And uh, he, he stopped the, the, the fleeing patient, this administrator did, and he said, do you mind telling me why you're running away from the operating room? And the patient looked at him with startled eyes like, oh, and said, it was because of what that nurse said. And the administrator said, well, okay, well, what did she say? And she said, be brave. An appendectomy is quite simple. And oh, the administrator looked a little confused and like, well, so, you know, it is quite simple, really. It's not one of these major things. You know, I, I would think that that would comfort you a little bit. The patient said, are you kidding? The nurse wasn't talking to me, he was talking to the doctor. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I also heard one time where it said, you know, one thing you don't wanna hear a doctor say in the operating room is, uh-oh, you know, it's like, oh boy. You know, on May 24th, 1738, some of you are familiar with this, probably I know Scott is, John Wesley was at a meeting in Aldersgate, and as he was listening to someone, Wesley says, I felt my heart get strangely warm. I felt I did trust in Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins and saved me from the law of sin and death. You see, God unexpectedly kind of showed up at that moment, and Wesley felt his heart strangely warm, and he discovered he did have faith. And yet, you know what? God can show up in any situation, at any moment, and change a life, can change our life. And often, you know, it happens when we least expect it sometimes. With Wesley, the rest is history. His life did change. But I want to talk to you about how God can show up in any situation or any moment in our lives and how we have to learn to live ready through the highs and the lows of everything we go through in life. You know, when I say live ready, I'm sure there's a lot of different images that come into your minds, isn't there, possibly? Living ready, what does that mean? Having, you know, cheeseburgers ready in the freezer every day? I don't know, but for me, I think, I think about being vigilant, about being ready, being alert and, and awake to see what's going on. You know, regarding our souls, we have to stay awake and alert throughout our lives if we want our souls to continue on the path that God creates for us. God can and he will show up. We have to believe in that and have that belief. And some of the most unexpected and, and unusual moments. So we have to keep watch. We have to. So if you have a Bible with you or, or your app or whatever, and you turn with me to Matthew 24, uh, 42 to 44, and this is a pastor, pa, passage of Scripture that, where Jesus talks about the future things to come. And here's what he challenges us to do in this passage. 
Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you least expect him. Jesus in this passage is speaking about himself. He says that we have to keep watch for his coming. Don't stop. Take a break or whatever. Keep watch. So what does he really mean by that? What do you think he really means by that? Notice we talked about last week, the Bible talks a lot about the second coming of Christ, doesn't it? And we know that, and we celebrated during Christmas, the uh, the, uh, the time when Jesus would come once to this earth as a baby boy to save us from our sins. But then there came a point in his ministry where he returned to heaven. However, he left us with a promise. And that we can't forget that promise. He left us with a promise that he would return for us. So we await his return. We do. You know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if, if we could know when a crime was going to be committed or something like that? We're kind of like, oh, okay. You know, and that's the very thing that Jesus says in relation to his second coming. No one fully knows, really, when the Son of Man's going to return. But the fact is, he will return. So that should affect our daily lives every day. We should think about that, that he could have come at any time. That's what should affect us. So if Jesus is to come back, there's work to be done, friends. Work to be done. You know, I was reading a thing the other day that talked about how, and we talked a little bit on the way here this morning, that we get so wrapped up in making up excuses. Oh, I'm too old, or I'm too young, or I don't know about this, or I don't have any skill to do that. There's work to be done, friends. And if God's calling you to do that work, whether you feel you can or not, if he's calling you, he'll provide a way for you to do it. He'll make it happen. Acts 1.8 tells us, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. We got work to do, friends. We got work to do. And, and, and this, in a nutshell, is the task that we as followers of Christ have been given while our king is away till he comes. We are called to share his message of hope and salvation with all the world. We are called to do that. And with this kind of message and task, we don't have to be afraid of what things might come our way or what things we think we don't have or can't do. We don't have to be afraid of that. Maybe today you feel like there's something holding you back from going all out for Christ, is there? You feel like your joy has been stolen from you so many times, countless occasions, that, or, or you've lost all hope and you just can't move forward anymore. 
Friends, regardless of where any of us are, where you are today, the message of Christ is still the same. John 16, you will face trouble, but be, take heart and keep watch for I have overcome the world. Hang on to those words. Are we truly ready all the time, are we? As Jesus says in Matthew, are we ready like that? There's a pastor, and I'm sure most of you have heard, Levi Lesko, who once said, if Jesus came back right in the middle of you sinning against God, what would that be like for you? Hmm. Something to think about. If he came back right in the middle of when you were doing something you shouldn't be doing, you see clearly it's going to affect you in one way or another, isn't it? It could even change your decision-making process. <laughs> and that image of, of picturing what that would be like should be something that we keep in the front of our minds every day. Every day. God calls us to say no to certain things in this world so that we can say yes to the things he wants to offer us. That's what we have to be ready for. We have to keep watch over our own lives and then invite those that are around us into that process with us as we continue to grow in our faith and our hope and our love and sharing those things. <laughs> you know, as we think about this lifelong process of growing our faith and the continuous work of sanctification in our lives, it's imperative. It's imperative that we stay curious and want to seek more and become more and more committed to learning about God. And as we talked about what Ron's going to start soon, experiencing him, experiencing God. The Word of God is meant to serve as our guide every day here on this earth. And isn't it a beautiful thing that Jesus didn't leave us without any help, but he gave us the Holy Spirit instead. He gave us this wonderful guide. Some of you here may know the story of Joshua in the Old Testament. Quite a few of you probably do. In Joshua 1.8, the Lord says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will prosper and have success. Not in the worldly ways, but in what path he's given you. God says that the keys to Joshua to prosper and succeed in all he does lie within the book of law that would guide his every move in life. And this is the same case for us today, friends. Does the Bible take priority in our lives each and every day? Does it? Are you saturated with the Word every day? Or are you just kind of content to get a kind of sparse sprinkling of it from time to time? You know, I, I know we all have. I, I've been through those dry, those season where, where we just, it, it was a struggle 
to keep opening that Bible, to keep looking, to keep reading, to keep seeing what God was saying. You know, you get busy doing things, and, and then you start feeling this dryness. We've all hit those seasons, I know we have, where we feel distant from God and His Word at times. But in those seasons, our painful and tragic situations the problem with being in those seasons is those things become multiplied in terms of how we respond to them. When we don't have God's word in us, those things become huge. You know, the Bible's meant to guide us through our responses in every scenario of life. The question is, our responses, huh? Will we do it our way or will we do it God's way when we respond to things? Hmm. If the answer is to be God's way, you have to keep learning about what's in God's word, about what God says in his word. And, and, and it may look like even some sort of daily devotion or something, but some things that you keep that word in your mind, in your heart, and in your mouth. See, it's kind of, kind of similar to what a, a heart doctor may tell you. The doctor asks, you know, say, do you want to stay healthy? Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, then you should work out or take some exercise every day for about 30 minutes. Huh. Well, yeah, that's easy sometimes, maybe not. <laughs> but that has to do with strengthening our muscles and our physical body. If we don't do it, if we just sit there every day, it's not going to last very long. And friends, it's that same thing in our spiritual life. If we want to become close to God and respond well to the tough things that we face in this life, we have to not only keep watch, but we also have to stay committed to learning and to growing. We all can learn. There's so much to learn. And the reality of living ready and vigilant lives over our souls, our eternal state of being, is that we ultimately need to be in this saving relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that people like you and me, we naturally live in a sinful state all the time. Many of you probably know the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 where sin entered the world and then all humanity followed it. And naturally, the only possible sacrificial offering to take care of that sin's power was it had to be perfect. Today, that's why we have the hope in Jesus Christ for what is called our salvation. That is, that Jesus saved us from our sins so that we might spend eternity with him. That's what it's about. And one day, free from pain and all the suffering and temptation and all the negative consequences of sin, that's his promise to us. We'll be free from that. But we have to understand that we, we can live ready and confident for any and every curveball that this life may throw at us, if we trust in him, and when we are sure of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Our response is to accept his gift and come to him personally. 
And the good news is, the Bible tells us exactly how to do that, doesn't it? In many places. But Romans 10.9 is one. says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, so not just speak it, but believe it, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If we will confess, even right here, right now, if, if you haven't got to that point, right in this moment that Jesus is Lord and place him on the throne of your heart and your life, he will save your soul. He will. You see, in each of us, there is something or someone that tries hard currently to reside on that throne of our heart. It directs our every step and calls us to press into it for sustenance. But the problem is here, only Jesus Christ can truly satisfy our heart's desires completely. He is the only one that can truly satisfy us. He can even align our desires with his, which ultimately, that's even the best. So what is it, you know? What's in your heart today? What is in your heart today that keeps you from a true and surrendered relationship with Christ? What is it? I mean completely surrendered. I mean, I speak from personal experience when I say that this relationship will truly change your life. It will. <laughs> Changes everything for you. Will you give up some of those sinful ways, all of them, to follow Jesus? Will you give them up? Will you ready your soul and truly commit yourself completely to him? Will you? My friends, do this however the Lord leads you to. However, understand that a response to his invitation to accept Christ is key in everything we do. If you just talk about it, it doesn't mean anything. You have to accept it and put it in there. Beloved, Jesus is coming again at some point in history, some point in history. And the question remains, will you be ready? Will you? Are you ready right now? Are you ready right now? Have you repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in him completely? If you haven't got there yet and you'd like to be prepared to accept Christ, come see Scott or I afterwards. You see, Jesus is waiting for you right now. He is. So don't wait until that door's closed. We all have the opportunity. So don't wait. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you. We thank you, O Lord, for all that you do for us. The provision of your knowledge through your word, Father, that we can gather. That will help us grow, Father. May we focus on that. May we focus on your words. Guide us, Lord, to, to be who you created to be, us to be, Lord. Not who we think we should be, but who you created us to be. May we not get distracted from this world. May we be focused on you. 
and not be distracted by, th by this world, Lord. Guide us and walk with us, Father, as I know you've promised you would. Guide us as we go now and as we sing. May your hand be upon each and every one of us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.